The gaming dice cannot be played twice. The words of gods are not forgotten. At the first light of morning, Mkaidu raised his face to Shamash and wept before him. I beg you, Shamash, let the hunter who first found me die in misery, and Shamhat too, curse her too, Shamash, for having taken me from my home. I wish she never loves again, never lies with another. I hope disease impregnates her. I hope a drunkard vomits in her lap, her pretty paints become slime. May she sit at the crossroads for her customers all day long and no one ever purchase her. May she lie in the filth of the city and be a beggar at the gate. And Gilgamesh, he should suffer. For it is unfair that I, who am his equal, had none of what he had, and he who is my equal should not have what I am about to have. I hope the builder leaves this house unfinished now. I hope the owl nests in your roof and feasts never take place beneath him. Because of you, I lost my home. Because of you, I die. Shamish heard these prayers and immediately replied with a clear and loud voice called down from the sky. And Kaidu, why do you curse my harlot Shamhat? She fed you, gave you beer, and clothed you. Then she took you to Gilgamesh so you could be friends and brothers. Now Gilgamesh, who will grieve for you as a brother, will lay you to bed with loving care. He will keep a vigil and make a lasting dwelling for you, a place for your passage to the other land. Princes will kiss your feet. He will make a mourning day for all of Uruk, and he will weep himself. He will mourn so that he will forget himself, and he will neglect himself, his clothing and his care for himself. Clothed in a skin of animals, he will wander the open country like a man without a family. And Kaidu heard the voice of Shamash, and his heart calmed, and anger passed. Shamish, I change my prayer to you. Instead of curses, make blessings. Shamhat, let me change your fate. Governors and princes shall make love to you. The man with little property shall long for you. The man with much property shall adorn himself for you. The owner of flocks shall not be restrained. He will take from his gown all manner of ivory, of lapis loosely, of gold, in rings and brooches and bracelets, gifts for you. 
Rain shall fertilize his fields, his storage jars shall fill for you. The prophet shall lead you to the palace of a king. Because of you, he shall forsake his wife of seven years and seven children. But Enkidu still wept sadly to think of his loss. I dreamt again how the sky called out, the earth replied, and I was between them. There was a young man whose face I could not see clearly, a face like that of Anzu, the sacred bird, who must have flown in the sky before there was earth. He had paws of a lion. He had claws of an eagle. He seized me by my locks and would have taken me away, but I fought him, I hit him. And he could not take me. He kept going up and down like one of those toys that hop about, and he finally struck my head and forced me down. He trampled me like a bull would do. My whole body was crushed beneath him, and you did not help me. Now I was like a dove. He took me in his mouth. I was helpless and small. He took me down to the dark house, the dwelling of the largest city, to the dwelling where those who enter cannot ever leave, on the road where travel is only one way, to the house where those who stay shall have no light, where the dust is their food and clay is their bread. They are clothed like birds. They see no light, and they dwell in the darkness. Over the door, on this side of the door, Dust has settled, for no one ever opens it. I looked at that house that I had entered, and crowns of kings were heaped there, and all manner of men made their home there, no matter how important or how rich or how unimportant or how poor. Some great kings dwelt there, some great gods dwelt there. Shakan, the god of cattle, the goddess Erishkigal, queen of the earth, and before her, her scribe, Belisere, kneeling. He was holding a tablet and was reading it to her. She raised her head and looked at me. Who brought this man? Gilgamesh had returned from fruitless prayers, and Enkaidu told him of his dream and said to him, Remember me, my friend. Do not forget what I have experienced. From the day that he had this dream, his strength diminished. He lay one day, and then on the second the illness grew worse. On the third day and the fourth day he grew weaker. On the fifth, sixth, and seventh days, on the eighth, ninth, and tenth days, he grew weaker still. On the eleventh, and on the twelfth days, he was almost dead. And Kaido lay unconscious in his bed, and Gilgamesh beside him at last cried out, My friend is cursing me, because in the middle of a fight I was afraid. He was strong, and I was a coward, and Gilgamesh wept bitterly. When the light of dawn appeared on the last day of life for Enkaidu, Gilgamesh spoke gently to his friend. Enkaidu, my friend, your mother was a gazelle, your father a wild horse who sired you. 
Your milk was from wild asses. They reared you, and the cattle made you familiar with all the pastures, and Kaidu's paths led to the cedar forests. They shall weep for you night and day and never be silent. The elders of our city will weep for you. The summit of the temple will bless you. They shall mourn in the open country. They shall mourn in the mountain. Myrtle, cypress, and cedar, they shall weep for you, even where we armed ourselves and raged in our fury. Bear, hyena, leopard, tiger, stag, cheetah, lion, wild bulls, deer, goat, cattle, and all the wild animals, they shall weep for you. The river shall weep for you, the water that we used to drink. All the young men of Uruk who watched us take down the bull of heaven, they will weep for you. The plowman will remember your name. The shepherd and the herdsman will remember. Those who used to make our bread and those who made our beer will remember you. And she shall weep for you, the woman who cared for you, the woman who gave you food and drink, and the woman who loved you, and the woman whom you loved, she shall weep for you, and her parents shall weep for you. And I, like your father, like your mother, like your wife, I shall weep for you in Kaidu. Gilgamesh lifted his head. Listen, young men. Listen, elders of Uruk, listen to me. I myself weep for Enkaidu, my friend, my brother, like a woman. I have lost my axe, my sword, my robe, and my sash. They are stolen from me. My friend was the leopard of the open country. He was the wild animal that was always free. We met. We took the mountain of Humbaba. We seized the bull of heaven and killed it. How can sleep take you away from me. Turn to me. Why aren't you listening to me? But Enkaidu did not lift his head. Gilgamesh touched his heart, and it did not beat at all. So the face of Enkaidu was covered with a veil, like a bride's, and Gilgamesh withdrew. He paced in the palace, back and forth like a lioness whose cubs were trapped in a pit below her. He tore out his hair with anguish. He tore the fabric of his clothing. He cast away all the things that he cherished, as if they were taboo. When the dawn appeared, Gilgamesh sent out a shout throughout the land. Smith, coppersmith, silversmith, jeweler were summoned, and he ordered them to make a likeness of his friend, to make a statue of him, 
to be an immortal god of him. Skin of gold they gave him, and limbs of and body of lapis lazuli. I will lay you to your bed with love, and you will stay in this dwelling place, safely, a place with passage to the other land. Princes of the earth will kiss your feet. The people of Uruk shall take a day of mourning for you, and I will neglect myself in mourning for you. Clad in the skin of an animal, I will leave this city, and I will wander the open country like a man without a family. When first light came, Gilgamesh undid the fittings of his garments and prepared for the temple. He bathed and discarded his clothes. He dressed in fresh clothing and put on a ceremonial robe, closing it with a brilliant sash tied about his waist. He ordered his tributes for Enkaidu. He gave his treasure for his memory. Then he made libation to Shamash, but he could not speak. His sorrow was so heavy. He made his offerings to Shamash and at last admitted his grief. I would gladly go with him to be at his side. He performed the funerary rites for Enkaidu as would the priest of the temple, anointing his statue with affection, filling the lapis lazuli bowl with butter, filling the carnelian bowl with honey. He decorated the statue of Enkaidu and showed it to Shamash. And when he had finished, he left the temple. He left the city of Uruk. He removed his rich garments and wearing only the skins of animals. He went into the open country to roam like a man without a family.